Welcome to the Wife Mother Homemaker Podcast, where I talk about biblical principles and practical applications for women. I am Gina Bain. This is Monday, January 25th, 2021, and today I'm beginning a new series on the first chapter of Psalms titled Living the Blessed Life. Stay tuned. I think you're going to be blessed. Hey, ladies, and welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to be with you today. We are starting a new series. This is a Bible study on on Psalm chapter one. Something I've never done on the podcast before is a actual Bible study. So this is something new. I anticipate that this is going to take about Well, it's going to take at least six weeks. It's going to be a six episode series, but it may actually take us about seven or eight weeks to get through the end of it just because I may take a week or two off in the middle of the series. So um, be just kind of, you know, heads up on that. But at the end of this Bible study, I want to take a dedicated week of prayer over our husbands, where I come on the podcast every weekday of that week, and we pray over our husbands scripture that we studied over the course of this series, taking some principles that we talked about and just lifting our husbands up in prayer using that scripture. I think that that will be a a very much needed blessing for our marriages and our homes. So I'm excited about that. If we stay on track, I think we are set to have that week of prayer, maybe like the middle of March. So uh, we'll just see how things progress. And something else that's in the works is a Wife Mother Homemaker website. I'm really excited about this. It is not up yet, but I hope to have it live uh, before we start our week of prayer. And uh, that way you can have some uh, resources available to you. Obviously, a website will just give us an online presence for this ministry. It'll give you a way to contact me. But I'm really excited to have a place to hold some resources that will be valuable to you. And one of the things I want to get on there is a prayer guide to help us during our week of prayer. So uh, just be looking for that. I'll give you some more information uh, as things kind of progress and we see how, um, you know, just what God is doing is exciting. So let's dive into our study of Psalm chapter one, living the blessed life. The first thing I want to do is give us an an overview of the book of Psalms and talk about um, you know, what it is, the structure of it, the, the authors that uh, wrote the, the poems in Psalms. And then we'll just talk about the chapter in, uh, that we're studying through this course. I feel like I'm fumbling over my words right now. But we're going to look at Psalm chapter 1 and talk about its structure and its meaning and purpose within the context of Scripture. I think that it is important that we understand the context of the Scripture in order to be able to appropriately apply it in our lives. So we're going to begin today just covering that context, and then we'll get into the first phrase of the chapter, blessed is the man, and talk about some key words there. So let me begin by reading today's scripture. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So I told you I wanted to give you an overview of the book of Psalms. So let's look at the title, Psalms. Psalms means praise. That's what the Hebrew word means. The word Psalms that we have is very closely related to the Greek word, which means song of praise. So the book of Psalms is a collection of songs and prayers that are written in poetic form. And these poems have different themes throughout the book of Psalms. Like some of them are themes of, of, of nature, of um, royalty, praise, thanksgiving. Some are wisdom. Uh, some are uh, repentance. So those are some different types of poems all included in the book of Psalms. Chapter 1 is a, a wisdom poem, and it's like a proverb would be a good way to describe it. So since this book of Psalms is a collection of books, well, we have different authors, and some of the most well-known would be Moses and David. Probably David wrote Psalm chapter 1, but he's not identified, so we, we don't really know for sure. But I think most people would attribute Psalm 1 uh, to David writing it. Now, you're going to find that Hebrew poetry is a lot different from the modern poetry that we are accustomed to. We're used to poetry being um, uh, ha like having a certain rhyme and having a certain meter, uh, which is like the, the rhythm that goes in that poetry. Uh, that's what we are used to. However, Hebrew poetry is different because it's not set up on rhyme and meter, but it is the thought that is described. And it uses a, 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 a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it uses a, a, a literary device called parallelism. And there are three different ways to accomplish the parallelism. The first way is to use some uh, thoughts that are synonymous. So you'll have the first line or thought established, and then it will be followed by a second line or a second thought, which echoes the first line. So they're saying the exact same thing, but maybe just using some different words to say that very same thing. Another way to accomplish parallelism is with contrast. With contrast, you have just that. You have two thoughts that are contrasting thoughts in order to get the point across. And then the, the third way to accomplish parallelism is where you give more detail. So the, the thought is established in the first line or segment. And then following that, you have more details that support the first thought. And that's the, that's the idea of parallelism. So in each of these techniques that are used, your lines are going to be balanced or parallel. So that's why it's called parallelism. Because the Hebrew poetry is set up that way, sometimes it's hard for us as English 
speaking uh, and and our modern uh, literary uh, things that we're exposed to, it's hard for us to recognize that, hey, this is poetry. But the book of Psalms is indeed that. It is a book of poetry, a collection of different poems written by different authors. So let's look at Psalm chapter one. Psalm chapter one serves as an introductory chapter to the entire book because it gives an overview of the principles that are laid out in the rest of uh, Psalms. And, and actually, I would say that it gives an overview of all of Scripture because what we are presented with here in this chapter are two different paths, two different ways of life. You have the way of, of the righteous and you have the way of the ungodly. Both their lives and the end results of their lives are contrasted. There's no gray area between these two paths. They don't cross. They don't mix. It's one way or the other. It's black or white. They are complete opposites. And what's very important to note is there's not a third path. There's not an option to get out of what is described here in Psalm 1. You either take the way of the righteous or you live the way of the ungodly. One author summarized Psalm chapter 1 by using Ecclesiastes 12, 13, which says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. And doesn't that about summarize the entire Bible? Fear God, keep his commandments, love him, obey him. You see, we were created for God. We weren't created to bring ourselves pleasure and glory. We were created to bring glory and and pleasure and honor to God. He is the reason for our whole existence. That's why over and over again throughout the Bible, we are admonished to fear God and to love his word and to keep his commandments. And Psalm 1 consistently supports that theme. Not only is Psalm 1 wisdom poetry, but it is also a beatitude. Now, you probably recognize that word because we talk about Jesus speaking the beatitudes in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This was part of his Sermon on the Mount. Well, chapter one begins in similar fashion. Blessed is the man. Now, in later weeks, we're going to talk about how this man is blessed or why this man is blessed. We'll talk about his characteristics. But for now, I want you to know that a beatitude pronounces a blessing upon some characterized individual. In other words, it is a conditional blessing. Meaning there are certain things that a man must do or be in order for him to be blessed. It's important to remember throughout this study, however, that we're not talking about a bunch of legalistic rules. This this isn't a legalistic faith. You know, we, we often want to make it that, that it's just a bunch of rules we have to follow. But really what it is, it it's a faith that it, it's an obedience of faith in God. It's not about these hard and fast legalistic rules, but there are truths 
that we must have faith in, faith in our God, and it's a relationship with Him. The other thing I want you to know is that the life that is presented here for this righteous man or this blessed man, it isn't a problem-free life. See, I think sometimes we get the idea that if we love God and we're obedient to Him and we're serving Him, we're going to have this problem-free life. But that's not the case at all. We live in a fallen world and we're going to have problems until the day that Jesus comes and takes us home. So it's not a problem-free life, but it is absolutely a blessed life. So what does this word blessed mean? Well, the Hebrew word used here can be translated happy. It's used as an interjection. Now, that's a grammar term that you may or may not remember from school. An interjection is a word that expresses strong feeling. So verse 1 is exclamatory in nature. Literally, it means, oh, the happiness, or oh, how happy is the one. This happiness that's expressed here, it's an immense joy. It's complete satisfaction and ultimate contentment. It's also a plural word meaning this man is very, very happy, or he is happy many times. The Greek equivalent to this Hebrew word for blessed is found in the Beatitudes, which we already talked about in Matthew 5. The Greek word for blessed there simply means happy or to be envied. And most Bible translations Render the first words of this chapter as I read it to you today. Blessed is the man. Now, I did find a few translations where they translated it a little different. Listen to these. The New Living Translation says, Oh, the joys of those. The Christian Standard Bible says, How happy is the one. And Young's Literal Translation says, Oh, the happiness of that one. Consequently, we can see that when we are talking about this blessed man, we are signifying that he is a happy man. Now, if you look at the root word for blessed, it comes from another root word that means straight. That lends itself to the concept of the two paths. Believers are to walk the straight and narrow Some commentators have described the word blessed as God's divine favor upon us. So if we use both the straight and divine favor ideas, they do not contradict the exclamatory happiness of the individual. Let me explain. You see, without God's favor, it's impossible to be genuinely filled with joy and walk the straight path. Without walking the straight path, a man will not truly be happy. And a believer cannot avoid the straight and narrow way, forsaking joy in his life and expect to receive the favor of God. So personally, I would wrap up all of these meanings in one. Because God's favor 
walking the straight path and being immensely happy can be, and ladies, it should be, synonymous in the life of a Christian. Yes, blessed. How happy is this man? And I want that to be said of us. Let's look at the word man in this verse. It is a masculine noun, but it can also mean any person, any man or woman. So as we study this chapter, we're going to first apply it to us, since I'm speaking to women. And then later on, we're going to pray this scripture over our husbands. And I'm convinced that God can use this to strengthen our marriages and our families. Ladies, this ministry, Wife, Mother, Homemaker, exists in order to teach God's word and to encourage women to apply it every day in our lives. That's why I have the motto, Biblical Principles and Practical Applications for Women. I believe that our attitudes, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, have the greatest influence in three areas. Our marriage, our parenting, and our home. We shape our family. Our families shape our churches and communities. Our churches and communities shape our world. So, by studying Psalm 1, I want us to learn to live the blessed life. I want that phrase, how happy is the man, to describe us. Does it? Could, can we truly say we are happy, women? If not, oh, I hope you continue to tune in to the upcoming weeks as we study and learn how we can be this person that the Bible calls blessed. Ladies, thank you for joining me. Next time, we're going to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to talk about the constraint that this happy person exercises. In the meantime, I would encourage you to open your Bible and read Psalm 1 and meditate upon the scripture. Don't rush through it, but just see what God would have to teach you and speak to you through his word. Thanks again for listening. Join me next time.